Welcome everybody, the WWE Tonight presented Elimination Chamber live from Saudi Arabia. Then, now, forever, together, let's get in. Welcome everybody, this is Tap Out Talk, and I am your host, Brian. Tonight was the pay-per-view to shape the future of WrestleMania in about six weeks away. This was the pay-per-view where we were going to get all kinds of answers for what we needed. So we're going to go ahead and start right out with one of the biggest answers. Who is going to be Universal Champion? We get our feature start-out matchup of Roman Reigns versus Bill Goldberg. Now, one thing we noticed in this matchup, Roman Reigns needed something to do before eventually having his ultimate showdown with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. I think we all know that's happening. That has been building forever. And Bill Goldberg was next. You have to ask yourself, why did the WWE put this match together? Two things. One, Saudi Arabia gets big-time matchups. The WWE's been wanting to do this match for a very long time, spear versus spear, in some people's minds. The other half was we needed somebody equal to a Brock Lesnar-type main attraction for Roman to win. And let's go ahead and get in. So we get a really good video package for Goldberg being built up as a Randy Couture UFC-like veteran champion and Roman really just being in God mode at the top of his game. Roman is out first with Paul Heyman and the Usos all carrying gold together. And then the Usos go to the back and leave Roman and Paul to go on down the ramp. We get a nice mention that Pedro Morales, Bob Backlund, Hawk Hogan, and Bruno San Martino have been the only other people to hold a championship the longest. You know, I'm going to have to fact check that one. I did not realize. I know Roman's got a record for holding the title, but I'd have to see which titles that was. But anyway, that's a fun little point, you know, note to have. Roman cuts a promo in the ring demanding the kingdom of Saudi Arabia to acknowledge him. And then Goldberg makes his standard entrance next. The referee already shows that he's not going to have much control in this match before the bell. And he can't really get the guys to stand apart. The match starts then with them standing apart in a long stare down. And then after it seems like forever, like they were soaking in the crowd, they lock up. The break happens um, with Roman getting the upper hand with a punch and a knee and then sends Goldberg out of the ring and slams him face first into the announcer's desk already. Goldberg Irish whips him into the barricade and then gets Roman back in the ring. Uh, there's a brief interaction and then Roman gets hit to the ropes and gets met by Goldberg with a huge spear and then goes for the jackhammer but Reigns reverses it and hits him with a rock bottom. They just keep loving giving that homage to the Rock's cousin back out in Hollywood. Roman follows up with a Superman punch and then sets up for the spear of his own. But Goldberg is quick and counters with a spear of his own, hitting Roman as he's doing the whole setup of, ooh, ah. Goldberg then goes for a jackhammer again, but cannot get him up. And Roman locks in a guillotine chokehold. Both men are struggled to go to the ground. And Goldberg then passes out. The match is over. And Roman Reigns is still your universal champion with over 530 days as that champion. I think there was a slight mess up with the production um, as Roman's theme song was playing on loop. And you could tell it temporarily, just for a brief second, went back to a S.H.I.E.L.D. theme. And then um, basically then it just kind of went right back into Roman's song. So I thought that was a little bit of a technical mess up. 
Uh, you guys be the judge on that one. So here's my take a tapped out talk. Um, Roman has been using submission holds a lot lately, which tells me that he will eventually submit Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. This was almost, um, in a sense, this match tonight, you know, was a little disappointing, right? Especially for these legends battling it out, so to speak. Uh, this was a Roman Reigns squash match. And wow, you do want Roman to go over. You almost don't want him going over so easy and, you know, so easily. Um, I like the idea of the end with he uh, basically choked out Goldberg and made him pass out. So Goldberg, you know, giving him that hero's pass out versus allowing him to just tap out to Roman. But um, I do think that this is going to foreshadow, if they know what they're doing, to maybe we get a Brock versus Roman submission match at WrestleMania, which would be something I wouldn't mind seeing for that title. All right, so that was a little bit of a quick match. Um, very, you know, a little disappointing. I think they were trying to tell the story without actually doing the work. So let's go into the next match. And that was the female women's elimination chamber match. So that is Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, Dewdrop. Bliss and Nikki A.S.H. We get a video package for both chamber matches and then the female entrants make their way to the chamber. Rhea Ripley has a Marilyn Manson vibe to her look tonight and she's doing pull-ups inside her chamber pond. Um, we then start to go to the other uh, competitors and they are Liv Morgan and Nikki Ash who are going to start this match off. We will finally see if all that therapy uh, is paid off for Lex Bliss um, first match since September, since Charlotte Flair destroyed her doll Lily, actually. So it's been a long time that she's been off. Bliss has her swing in the chamber pod and is swinging as the match goes, almost like a Tweety Bird in a cage. So the two go start off and the crowd is really behind Liv as her and Nikki go to the outside ropes of the chain area and they manage um, that area of the pod. And then Nikki Ash slams Morgan's head into the steel grate, which is now padded, mind you, with a thin, thin pad. And then she then taunts Rhea Ripley for fun and Bliss as well. And then there's mention of her being the ex-best friend as Morgan then drives her head first into the chamber pod. The two now back in the ring quick and the countdown begins as another lady will be in the match and it's Dewdrop. Nikki tries to shake Dewdrop's hand and she agrees but then she headbutts her and picks up Nikki Ash and drives her straight into the chains. Liv attempts to jump over the top rope onto Dewdrop and gets caught driven into the chain wall as well and thrown to the floor of the steel graded area. Dewdrop the follow up with a follows up then with a running senton on Morgan. That's a mad move we're going to see a lot tonight. And she then lifts Morgan in an attempt to push her head through the chains. We've never seen that before really, and she almost succeeded. Then the clock counts down and another entrant is coming. It's Rhea Ripley. And sweet dreams are made of these. She enters. Nikki Ash is waiting and looking scared in the middle of the ring. She attempts to leave, asking the refs to let her out. Rhea gets stopped by Dewdrop and is in the ring attacking from behind. In the meantime, Nikki climbs the chamber wall as Rhea scales the wall right behind her about halfway up in the chamber. And she throws Nikki off and onto Dewdrop and Liv Morgan in the padded chamber area. Rhea climbs back down and throws Nikki back in the ring. She hits the Riptide, which is just a variation of the pump handle slam, for a one, two, three. Nikki Ash is eliminated, and Nikki can now leave the chamber as she wanted earlier in the match. Countdown happen, uh, happens, and it's Bliss. Bliss takes down Ripley and Morgan. Bliss attempts a pin on Morgan, and there's a kick out. Morgan gets some offense and goes to the corner, but is pushed off 
by Dewdrop and is caught upside down. It looks like Dewdrop had to help her get unhooked a bit. Dewdrop is on the top rope and Morgan is back up again and hits a sunset flip on Dewdrop and pins her for a one, two, and a three. Dewdrop is eliminated. We're now counting down again as it is now Bianca Belair who enters the as the final participant. She is all offense and Bianca powers once again and showcases her strength with a gorilla press on Liv Morgan. And then she just takes one hand off of it, holding her with just one hand and then dumps her over the top rope into the ring. I will say uh, Bianca's looking really good here. And that was a nice feature of strength, not just with the press, but the one hand. That was a good uh, spot right there. Belair hops over to the top rope, hits Bliss with a spine buster. And then moonsaults after the running rope and finishes it off with a kip-up. Bianca turns around and faces Ripley, who is ready to fight. Instead, uh, they each grab an opponent. Bliss grabs Rhea Ripley. Bianca grabs Morgan. And they hit a double vertical suplex, holding it for a good 15 seconds straight in the air, a la Davy Boy Smith, the British Bulldog, before they drop him to the ground. Bianca then kips up again. Rhea looks at her as if she got up showed and smacks her hard in the face. And then it's returned by Belair and the two start trading fist. Belair goes for the KOD, the kiss of death on Rhea. But Rhea reverses it. And then Morgan hits a double knees right to the face on both ladies and gets the attack by Bliss, who then goes to the top rope and hits a twisted Bliss for the pinfall and the elimination of Liv Morgan. The crowd is frantic. They really like Liv Morgan. And I do too. Bliss... Um, and Ripley and Belair remain. Belair hits the kiss of death on Ripley for the pin. And Ripley is now eliminated. So we are now down to Bliss and Belair. Who will go on to WrestleMania? Bliss hits a somersault flip for a pin and a two count. Bliss goes to the outside and tries to get on the rope. And Belair grabs her and slams her off the rope onto the chains. And does it a second time and then throws her into the ring. Belair to the top rope and grabs her hair. And as, so that way it will not affect her move. And she does a 360 uh, flip, but Bliss moves and attempts to DDT, but it's countered by Belair. I will say this is interesting. And I feel like even though Belair is all her hair, um, I find it interesting that, yeah, that would be tough to do some of these top rope moves and get tripped up by your own hair. So I imagine she has to learn how to hold it and grab it and, you know, to make sure it doesn't really, you know, seriously injure. So at this point, we get a second DDT by Bliss on Belair. Um, who actually goes and handsprings out of it, and Bliss attempts a quick roll-up pin, but no good, kick out. Belair moonsaults off the top rope, but Bliss counters with her knees and goes for a roll-up for a two-count once again. And a couple of blows exchange, and Belair hits the boom, KOD. One, two, three. Belair is going to WrestleMania and face the winner of Becky Lynch and Lita later tonight. Good job featuring the uniqueness of all the ladies. I really like the aspect of the you know, little things. The, the swing in the chamber, knowing that Bliss was going to be in. The pull-ups by Rhea Ripley. She did something you know, to kind of make herself stick out as a personality. Both of those girls did that. Um, Belair is looking very good in the ring. She is looking a lot more ready and a lot better for this mania push instead of last year. You know, I said last year she was... Too much of almost a rookie and you know i didn't think it was right to push her so hard so fast to where she couldn't compose herself even in the ring at certain points but she is looking a lot you know smarter and a lot more grown this year and this matchup 
who I think we kind of know is going to end up being versus Becky Lynch has been boiling since last, you know, SummerSlam time era. So um, not a bad match overall um, with the uniqueness. They didn't use the cage as much or the chamber, I should say. They didn't use it as much as, you know, you'd like to see in these kind of matches. So I feel like the chamber did not really matter in this match other than Nikki Ash trying to run and escape um, and showing that fear factor of being trapped in. But regardless, it's the Fresh Princess of Bel-Air that's going on to WrestleMania. All right, up next we get another female match. The females were highly, highly featured in tonight's evening, and I didn't hate it. Um, we got Ronda Rousey and Naomi versus Charlotte Flair and Sonya Deville in a tag team match. So this match was actually designed to just further the storyline that was needed to, again, build the shape of WrestleMania matches. And as you guys can see here, these two WrestleMania matches are going to be Naomi and DeVille and Ronda and Flair, right? That's where this is all going. So we get an announcement that Ronda Rousey must compete in this match with one arm tied behind her back. Rousey will face Flair at Mania. So you know this is going to advance the storyline, again, for those ladies, and also push Naomi and DeVille as well. DeVille comes out to the ring in a sling due to an armbar that Rousey threw on her a few weeks ago, which is why Rousey now must compete with one arm. Nobody has fallen for this old trick, right? 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 Okay. So Rousey comes out in a karate gi, and I was a little thrown off by it um, for a moment, and I was thinking, you know, it's a little you know, kind of different from what we're used to seeing. Not that we haven't seen her in a karate gi before in her UFC and karate days, but in the WWE ring. But I remembered, and you guys got to remember where this pay-per-view was held. It was being held, and due to the cultural requirements of Saudi Arabia, of female talent. So, the gi totally does the job tonight. Plus, it was kind of cool to see Rousey in a karate gi again, not going to lie. We start off with Rousey and DeVille in the ring. DeVille shows that she was lying about the sling the whole time, and it doesn't bother Rousey at all. Rousey attacks with kicks and knees, and DeVille tags out to Flair very quickly, and immediately tags. Flair then gets in, and the crowd's ready for Flair and Rousey, and Flair tags out to DeVille again, avoiding Rousey. Really great heel work here. Rousey tags Naomi and allows her to get some offense on DeVille. Lots of back and forth, back and forth between both, you know, as Naomi tags and Rousey again. Rousey is throwing DeVille around with one hand and then is attacked from behind by Flair and DeVille has the advantage and tags in Flair. Flair chops in the corner and to the ground with a hammer lock. Charlotte gets a lot of offense and is beaten on Rousey very badly. Rousey tries to tag but Flair is attacking Rousey's arm and Ronda eventually tags Naomi and it's a hot tag. Flair goes to the outside and Naomi hits a corkscrew dive from the outside of the, to the outside of the ring. DeVille tags in eventually, and it's Sonya and Naomi who are legal. But Ronda is tagged in and hits a Piper Pit onto DeVille and Rousey. Rousey trash talks Flair and hits an arm bar on DeVille for the tap out and the win. So there we go. We got a submission, another submission tap out for the win on DeVille. That was the right move. You got to make Ronda look strong, and you got to make Sonya look like the cowardly heel manager slash wrestler that she is. So here's the takeout. Quick tag action showcased with a mini storyline on the injured arm of one handed of the one-handed Rousey, right? The match does not do anything great, but it does advance the storyline towards WrestleMania. I feel like this could have been even a Monday Night Raw match or a SmackDown match that they could have had on the road to WrestleMania. It didn't need to be featured here, but we got it and we moved on. It is missable though. You guys can just catch it in the highlights in my opinion. 
We go on next to something I really would just like to catch in the highlights is Drew McIntyre versus Madcap Moss. The WWE is loving pushing these guys and their stories. Um, we've had to deal with Drew, and Drew, in my opinion, is a legit main eventer. And right now, he is stuck into this feud with Baron Corbin and Madcap Moss. You know, since what, December, January, around that rumble time, um, with some injury angles and some revenge angles. So here we go. Uh, this story has been going on again since around WWE Day 1, actually, now that I think about it. Drew got injured and returned for revenge at the Royal Rumble, um, and he will get Madcap Moss tonight, and Baron Corbin most likely at WrestleMania is where this is going. The match started off with McIntyre to run off um, Corbin briefly up the ramp, but shortly later, he is back, and they are double-teaming Drew on the ramp. This um, might as well be a handicap match due to the nature of the no DQ rules that are kind of set in place. This was a falls count anywhere match. Uh, finally, back in the ring, Drew hits Moss with a with a you know a couple moves and basically throws in a couple suplexes at while he's at it. Drew then slings Moss for an Alabama slam. Um, I will say during those suplexes, um, there was one spot where Madcap Moss landed really badly right on the top of his head. And um, it was really, it didn't look like anything Drew did wrong. It looked more like um, Moss just didn't get enough momentum in his spin and didn't tuck his chin enough, and he landed square on his head. Um, I heard there was no injury to him, just, you know, a little bit out of it. And actually, Madcap Moss went and apologized to Vince McMahon, Drew McIntyre, and really the production team. So I would say that is a pretty good professional role from the young kid. So I got to give him credit there for saying, hey, I messed up. I am so sorry. And kind of owning his responsibility there. So Drew is uh, then forced to chase Corbin. And then back to Moss with a clothesline on the outside. And then they put some basically through a table. We get more double teaming by Corbin and Moss again, just because there's no real rules here. We get an advantage on, uh, they get an advantage on Drew, but McIntyre keeps fighting back. McIntyre then has a huge suplex off the top rope and onto the ring, um, into the ring on Moss, but just a two count when he goes for the pinfall. Drew keeps punishing him and he finally grabs his sword, his family heirloom, and to basically equal out the odds of the two going at it, chases off Corbin with it, and then he hits a Claymore, uh, Claymore on Moss for the pin and the win. So this match, again, just kind of a little bit of a nonsense. Uh, it was kind of cool to, you know, not cool, but kind of scary and cool to see that spot um, where, you know, Moss landed on his head. But ultimately, again, another missable match, guys. I don't think, you know, this is, again, a Monday Night Raw-type matchup that we would expect to see on the road to WrestleMania. And we got it at the big show. But to me, it was not a big show mentality. So... Hey, just real quick to kind of mention Big Show Mentalities. I appreciate you guys, you know, tapping out and uh, joining me here on Tap Out Talk with the like, share, and subscribe. Very much appreciated, and I always love it when you guys support me and what I do. So let's jump right back into the Raw Women's Championship, which was up next. This was the return of the longtime legend and Hall of Famer Lita getting her title shot against Becky Lynch. I got to say, Becky does a really good job as being a professional, and she is the true main event of the women's division. Um, just, you know, ever since, you know, the, her body of work and her ability, and she will have a very long-tenured career. Both contestants are in the ring after entrances. Lita looks a little nervous and excited at the same time. You can tell it's been a while for her, you know, to be in this kind of situation. Becky is playing the cold and silent type heel that will be ready to compete 
And you can tell Becky is like kind of enjoying it, but she doesn't want to show that too much because she's remaining professional. The two circle each other and lock in, and Becky is looking for the disarmer right away, and Lita counters and then hits a shoulder tackle. Lita stiff arms Lynch and then goes for a twist of fate, but Becky counters. Becky is now targeting the neck of Lita, and the announcers are very quick to make a note that of Lita's past injury to her neck, which has plagued her in her career. Becky has Lita in the corner and is stomping her into the ground. Becky goes for a pin, but a two count. The girls are doing some groundwork for a bit with strikes and chokes back and forth, and both are now back eventually up on their feet, and the battle continues, and Lita is now hanging on the, on the middle rope, and Becky goes, for, goes to the top rope and to do a leg drop after actually imitating a Hardy Boy-like pose, and Becky goes for a pinfall, and then one, two, no go. Both girls stand up, and Becky goes for a suplex, hits it, and then hits another, and Lynch then goes for a third exploder suplex, and Lita counters into, boom, a DDT. Uh, the two are in the middle of the ring, and trading punches left and right. Lita gains momentum and the upper hand, and Lita goes for the second rope, and hits a body splash for a two count. Lita goes for a twist of fate, and Becky reverses it into the disarmor, but Lita gets out. Lita locks in a sleeper hold, and Lynch rolls to the rope. Becky goes for a high kick. Lita picks uh, her up and then basically hits a slow power bomb. When she picked her up, it was kind of a slower move. It wasn't like up and down really quick. It was like she could tell Lita was really trying to protect Becky, so to speak, right? So... <clears throat> excuse me so i feel like that was really kind of the big thing there that kind of you know went in um lita was then after this point was on the top rope and then um she went for a moonsault but becky rolls out of the ring to escape and before lita throws her back in the two continue to battle then becky hits a disarmor lita grabs the rope again becky pulls her and then hits the manhandle slam and goes for the pin but lita gets her foot slightly on the rope to break the count Becky drags Lita's body to the middle of the ring and goes for the moonsault. Again, Lita rolls out of the way. Lita hits a twist of fate and goes for the moonsault with shades of 2005 in our mind, but it's a two count from the pin. Lynch gets back up and hits a manhandle slam for the one, two, three, and still WWE Raw Women's Champion, Becky Lynch. All right, WrestleMania is set. We are now, as we knew, going to get Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. Becky is playing, um, really playing this whole win up well. She's holding the title, walking backwards up towards the ramp. Um, Lita's in the ring looking a little teary-eyed, and I think the announcers mentioned that she probably does know that this is her last chance at any kind of world title. Um, as, she's, as she stares at Becky, who is leaving, you can tell that um, Becky is, you know, trying to sell the match with Lita a little bit, but you could tell Becky was a little teary-eyed too. Like, you know, she just got to have a match with a legend. You know, can't hold that against her, but she remains calm and she remains professional. The music then changes and Lita is playing to the fans and in the ring and thanking the fans for in, uh, the attendance tonight. All right, so this matchup, um, how do I explain this? This matchup was all over the place for me. Um, I like both competitors. You can tell it's been a long time since Lita's been in the ring, but Lita was playing it very, very safe. You almost have to at WrestleMania season with Becky Lynch being one of the featured main women. And with Lita having a history of knowing injuries, I feel like she's more, you know, you know, understanding of that. So I applaud her as a veteran for playing a very safe 
you know, match. I applaud her for putting over Becky, but the match just seemed kind of slow and out of it. And, you know, I've noticed this twice now with Becky's matches. Uh, I don't blame her on the Royal Rumble match with uh, Dewdrop because, you know, Dewdrop was very inexperienced. But Becky, it seems like she's gotten these two opponents now that just kind of she didn't jive with. So I'm really looking forward to uh, Belair versus Lynch at Mania because these two have a history and they've gotten to work together. So they should be able to, you know, you know tear down the house a little bit on that night. All right, so up next we get a tag team championship match with the Usos versus the Viking Raiders, or do we? So what happens in this match is um, the tag title match basically is coming up next, right? The Viking Raiders make their entrance. The Usos immediately attack them at ringside, and then there's a mass beatdown from the Usos, and the announcers state that the Raiders are in no condition to compete tonight. Really? Usos hold up their titles, and they celebrate up the ramp, and it looks like to me this match does not happen. It gets pulled from the card. It looks like to me that somebody's match previously went over on time or the WWE just did not do a good job of producing this tonight and kind of matching up everything. And so they had to do kind of a cheap, uh, we're not going to have this match. I will say you can always have this match on a SmackDown or a Raw. It's not like this was a main, main event match to have, but, you know, they advertised it and then they kind of went with the cheap, you know, easy out plan, right? I think they need to give the chamber... Uh, the men's chamber a little bit more time. This pay-per-view was already going at almost three hours, right? So at that point, we move on from it. Um, I still try to find out like which match went too long, and I really can't tell you which one it was or if it was just a combination because there was not really the Roman match was short. You know, the tag match was about eh, there. Um, maybe the Lita match went along or the women's uh, elimination chamber. I don't know. WWE just kind of misjudged this tonight a little bit. So let's go on to our feature main event, which is the WWE championship. And Bobby Lashley is going to defend his title in the Royal, or excuse me, in the Royal in the elimination chamber matchup. Um, Bobby Lashley and AJ Styles, Matt Riddle, Brock Lesnar are all in the chamber. And uh, Seth Rollins and Austin Theory are going to be the ones that starts off the match. <laughs> uh, Theory is going for new moves but Rollins is slow to evade them and he's showboating a lot we get some really good chain wrestling with Theory and Rollins and I'm just starting to realize how both of these guys are really technical wrestlers um, the more I see of Austin Theory the more I'm impressed with this kid and he's going to be built up and he's going to continue to be built up as a future I don't want to say main eventer but you know what if you look at these guys in this matchup right now Riddle looks like he's trying to fit in. Austin Theory looks like he belongs in. Just saying. Uh, Theory has Rollins up on his shoulder, but Rollins escapes and delivers a super kick to the face. And then he follows up with another super kick to the knee. And then follows up with a third super kick to the face again. All right, this brings Theory to the ground. And this allows Rollins to stalk Theory and throwing him to the outer area. And he uses the chamber to his advantage. Rollins delivers a hell of a buckle bomb through Bobby Lashley's chamber that will affect the outcome of this entire match. And he actually breaks the plexiglass and Lashley never seen it coming. Lashley, when this spot was happening, was looking over at Brock Lesnar and the other pod. And it's like all of a sudden, boom, here comes the buckle bomb from Rollins. Every time he does that move, something bad happens. It either ends Sting's career or something else, right? It's just not a good move for him. So anyway, at this point, the clock begins to count down. Five, four, three, two, one. And it's Riddle entering the match. Riddle attacks Rollins in the corner with two running elbows, followed by a toss, and then lands on him with a senton. 
Riddle then goes to the outside and delivers a running senton to Theory and lands on him as well, and then hops over the top rope with a lot of energy and delivers a running kick to Rollins on the ground. Lots of energy again from the original bro. Rollins and Riddle continue to fight, and Riddle goes to the top rope, but Rollins pushes him, and he falls, and he's caught upside down in what's called the tree of woe. Rollins begins stomping in the corner. Officials are in the chamber actually checking on Bobby Lashley in the background, um, Adam Pierce among others. And then meanwhile, you know, Rollins during all that, Rollins actually goes to the top rope and Riddle throws him off and finally gets out from being upside down in the corner. Riddle then attempts to go to the top rope of the chamber, but Rollins meets him and gives him a vertical suplex from the top. Lashley is actually taken out of the chamber at this point. And I think um, that he might have actually gotten hurt. You know, more to come on that here in a minute. And we'll have to see how they, you know, recover from this because I don't know if that was part of the plan on this or not. The countdown begins again, and it's AJ Styles. He is cleaning up for both, uh, cleaning up both on Rollins and Riddle. Styles goes for a pin on Riddle and gets a kick out at two. AJ gets Riddle in a torture rack, and he turns it into a spinning back bomb as he drops him to the mat for a one and a two. Lesnar is shown pacing around in the chamber waiting, and AJ is now on the outside of the area, tearing into Austin Theory, and then he goes back after Riddle in the ring. He places a Riddle on the top rope and goes for a move, but is cut off by Rollins. Styles and Rollins are back and forth pulling each other off to who is going to get to throw Riddle from the top rope. Out of nowhere, Austin Theory comes back into play and powerbombs both Styles and Rollins off the middle rope. Riddle then hits a spinning floating bro and gets a two count and on theory riddles grabs rollins through the middle rope and hits randy orton like a in like a double he's going to do like a double randy orton ddt from the rope he starts pounding after he hits that he starts pounding on the mat as if he's going to go for a double rko but the clock begins to count down and you can feel it f5 4 3 2 1 it's suplex city time with brock lesnar entering but it isn't so riddle goes to meet brock as he gets ready to enter but it's actually Bobby Lashley's chamber that is selected, and Lesnar is pissed, and he breaks out of his pod anyway and enters the match. Brock is going crazy at this point, clothesline to Theory, Rollins, and Riddle like a mad bull in a china shop. We get an F5 on Rollins. One, two, three, pinfall, and he's gone. We get a, another F5 on Riddle. One, two, three, pinfall, and he's gone. We also get an announcement that Bobby Lashley will not return and has entered concussion protocol, so we have we will get a brand new champion tonight. We are down to Austin Theory, AJ Styles, and a very dominant Brock Lesnar. Suplex delivered to AJ Styles, followed by an F5. One, two, three, AJ Styles is eliminated, and Lesnar basically goes through, throws Styles through the ropes towards the door and says goodbye to him. Lesnar takes off his gloves, and he is stalking Austin Theory on the outside of the ring apron steel grate area. As they are now running around, Theory attempts to hide in a pod, but Lesnar kicks it through, and basically, you know, then Theory low blows Brock Lesnar to slow him down, and then Theory sees his window of opportunity. He delivers a kick to the face, followed by a DDT with a pinfall. One, two, and kick out by Brock. Theory is now looking scared as he climbs clear to the top of the inside of the chamber wall all the way up, and Lesnar is quick to follow. And actually, I was surprised how quick Brock could climb that chamber. Lesnar pulls Theory down to the top of a chamber pod, and he rams his head about three times into that glass wall up there. And then Lesnar then delivers a crazy F5 on Austin Theory from the top of the pod 
onto the steel grate. Brock then drags him into the ring for the pinfall and the win. And the new WWE champion, Brock Lesnar. Well, guys, I tell you what, that was a crazy, crazy elimination chamber. Um, Saudi Arabia, always, the WWE does a lot of pyro, and we get about two minutes of pyro at the end of this. We get the announcement that it will be champion versus champion at WrestleMania, Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Um, We don't know if it's going to be title for title. I would be interested to see what they do and if they merge these titles. I actually kind of hope they do merge these titles. I would love, you guys know, for them to bring uh, bring back the big old giant version of the gold belt. But, you know, I don't know if they'll do exactly all that. So, what will happen, you could see Bobby Lashley in that factor here. We might get night one of WrestleMania with Bobby Lashley getting his title match against Brock Lesnar. And then the winner of that take on Roman Reigns the following night, night two of WrestleMania. I would not hate that. It would actually probably make more sense to have a two-night WrestleMania because, you know, that two-night format is going to be a little rough. You know, I think it always is. So I could see that. I do like that idea. Um, I feel like, obviously, that would still be Brock, and I could see Roman versus Brock for, you know, these guys have a rivalry, right? They have been fighting, it seems like, forever but their matches always seem to jive well. They always have. So that's the end of Elimination Chamber. And my final thoughts, uh, WWE did not do a really, you know, out of the ordinary show tonight. And okay, I would say if you guys, you might be able to just skip this one and watch the highlights in my opinion. Um, it is a three hour event and that's a lot to, you know, just really break down and try to do. But you know what? It's not up to me. That's up to you. I appreciate you guys being here. Thanks for watching. And like we say, it's not goodbye. It's just game over.